are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me once again, it's Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, kind of feeling the effects of a Saturday night, feel-good kind of night. That, so you drug me into this. So we're starting positive with the Phillies, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <laughs> Phillies, there's an Eagles game this afternoon at 4.30. It's like, yeah, you know. Hey, just checking, have the Eagles lost yet? Uh, you know, knock on wood. Okay. Nope. Okay, I was just checking. Okay, anyway. So, um, we will be talking about the Flyers for today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is still a Flyers-based show, but you know, listen, times are getting exciting in the rest of the city, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, But no, diving into the Flyers stuff, um, where do you want to start? You want to start with, uh, you want to start with the preseason? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we should pick, it's kind of picking up where we last left off almost, because we talked the last thing we talked about on last show was the first preseason game there were five of them since this has been this has been a weird preseason to be honest because i i agree with john tortorella who has never experienced anything quite like this i don't remember a time when they had they played the final preseason game and then had something like nine days it's a lot of time this is a lot i mean it, it really feels like like everything about this this is why it feels really weird too not only is it such a large gap between the last preseason game and their first regular season game, the the, the entire NHL preseason wrapped on Saturday night. There were two regular season games. Yeah, technically the already. NHL season, the, the NHL regular season has begun. Right, because, and, and uh, look, to, to be honest, I totally get it because this was the Flyers three years ago. They yes. were one of these teams that played. One, the Flyers only played one game. This time they learned yeah. their lesson and at least gave them two. Well, yeah, because now what the lesson that they learned was give both teams a home game so that they have the same number of home games yep. here. So somebody's not sitting there going, hey, wait a minute, you cost well, me a home game. And it's a little more worth it going out there to play two games on back-to-back days than it is to go out there, spend several days you know, acclimating to climate, temperature, time zone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, play right. one game, and then boom, rip right that- back to the States. But you know, by the way, that that series felt like it delivered uh, for what it's worth in terms of did just about every near hometown player score a goal. It was it was like, pretty impressive. Like Tomas Hurdle got a goal and he's literally I mean, I think he was like an hour away from where the arena was where he grew up or something like that. And then I know that, uh, you know, Philip Forsberg scored in, in the Saturday game. So there's some of the Swedish representation. I, I know that when they played like. I think Nashville played an exhibition in Switzerland, and Yossi had like, oh, he went nuts. Like, he went off. Yeah, had a huge game, and that's even though it was exhibition. It doesn't matter. Like, I think they got what they wanted from some of that international stuff. Oh yeah, and then uh, we did have Pretty cool though. We did have Flyers legend Yarmir Yager dropping the puck on Saturday to a massive ovation. Absolute yeah, Czech legend. Yeah, I think I thought I saw rumors recently that he's thinking about hanging him up. Maybe. I don't want to believe it yet because I f- that's that's like the dude like th- there's guys who when they get to close to forty you're like oh yeah that guy's gonna play into his forties this is like it, he's gonna play forever it feels like or he was gonna try. I wish the Sharks or Nashville had signed him to a one day PTO for that exhibition game. Oh, that'd be funny. Come on, how cool would that be? And like. His check, I mean, his check team would let him go. He can ask the owner. 
If you didn't know, he he owns the yeah. team. He owns the team that he okay. Yes, I did. I did. I knew that. You're okay. saying that for everybody else. Oh, you know, you and everybody else. Yeah. Um. No, that would just been great. Like talk and did, <sighs> see the fun part is it wouldn't matter which it, it wouldn't have mattered which team it would no. be a team he'd never played for before, which would have added to the allure of Come like, on. He's played the, for he's played for played the for gang, what, seven NHL teams. More than that. The gang of tra- traveling Yagers could have added somebody. Right, that's what I'm saying. I thought it was like seven or eight. I thought it was like nine or ten. Um I am going to his page right now to look. But I either way, it way. was it was nice to see Yaramir. He looked really good. He looked happy. He he, of course he looked good. He was, All he, right. he was the physical specimen that he is, isn't, wasn't he? Do me a favor and count this off for me. Sure. Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington yep. Capitals, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, Dallas Stars, Boston Bruins, New Jersey Devils, Florida Panthers, Calgary Flames. Nine. Okay. so uh, Nine NHL I said, teams. I, in my head, I went seven or eight. So, so, Nashville, so, so or, Nashville or San Jose would have been his tenth? It would have been ten. Come oh, on. Like he's gonna he's gonna lose second place in goals at some point soon here. Give him something. Come on. It was a regular Mike Sillinger, uh, Lee Stempniak here. Exactly. And well by traveled. the and was elite the whole way. That's the difference. Yeah, like true. no no yeah. one would say Lee Stempniak was elite in his late thirties. I mean, no offense. What was his worst year? I mean, I I want to say it kind of like <sighs> Calgary was rough. Yeah, because that was the last one, wasn't it? Well, well, right, and he was. I, I kind of remember, like, he was all right in Boston, but he wasn't like that. Was a half a year kind of like Washington was a little underwhelming. It was a little earlier in his career. It was, it was, earlier, it was earlier, before though, yeah. he went away. Washington was a little underwhelming. It was before the Rangers, though. So, like, the Rangers got him really back on the superstardom. That's, him that's what I'm saying. They fixed him. But okay, either way, this is not a Yarmir Yager podcast. Uh, no, although. Honestly, it could be. Anyway, uh, so remember, so not on last week's show, but the, I'm sorry, not the last show two weeks ago, but the show before that, I I mentioned 32 thoughts, and Elliot Friedman said that the Flyers would were going to be a big candidate to dress a lot of their guys and win the preseason. I don't know if he, I don't know if he said win the preseason. I don't know if he ever said like dress a lot of their guys because I think we always, I think everybody always knew this is what it was going to be. When you put guys motivated to get in the lineup regularly, right? You're you're kind of actually out there doing what you like. I I, I think it all kind of lines up. It's why Tortorella said he didn't want to be on the bench for the first few games because he's like, I'm going to go out there and coach to win, and he probably would have. And I don't know if they would have or not with the group that they had, but they played a lot of the guys that you would think that they would play. You would right. think. You would think. But it, it they obviously the results were not. On that level, I under like, but I, 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 this is not to like, I'm saying this is not to like throw shade at Elliot Friedman for saying that. I think he had right. a valid point when he brought it up. Like, it was the idea that, well, first, first of all, by the way, I'm pretty sure that when Friedman said that, that was before the Couturier news came out. That is fair. So it was like, hey, you know what? If they dress Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes and Scott Lawton on a regular basis and then have a couple of young players trying to make it, this team could like like that that, that that those guys will have a field day when they face the Boston lineup. They faced the first preseason game where it's right. like, oh yeah, by the way, there's no you know no Ber- no Bergeron, no Krejci, none of the defensemen, you know, no Pasternak, no nothing. Like you know what I mean? Like right. like yes, you're like absolutely is fair to think that they would have had a really strong post or preseason record. 
because of playing those guys as opposed right. to these teams knew the goal was not roster battles and trying to win these preseason games with young players who were trying to make it. It was stay healthy. Yep. Because most of the teams did that. Actually, there were a few teams I, I thought I noticed anyway that had preseason games where they dressed a lot more of a regular lineup than I would have expected. Like, yeah, teams started putting healthy lineups together fairly early in camp. Like, I saw that Ottawa and Montreal played each other, like, twice in the past week or something like that, and both games looked like legit NHL yeah. lineups. So uh, I, I was impressed by the kind of throw-caution-to-the-wind mindset that some teams had to make sure that they – or not make sure, but to to have a regular lineup out there when it's not common. I mean, we get we get to that fifth or sixth game in the preseason, and it's like, get this over with. And I, that's exactly how Tortorella felt by the end of this. Sure. But I don't know. But I'm sure that that had a lot to do with the record, too. Oh, there's definitely far too many uh, preseason games. And I, I feel that way for most sports, to be honest. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to mention is uh, that Sean Couturier injury. Sure. Because that has done some weird flip-flops. We've heard that he's going to be out for half the season. Uh, we've heard some things that he might be back, like, soon. Right. I I have to imagine that if he's coming back soon, he's not coming back at 100%. Is that is that fair, would you say? It's fair to assume that right now until you get anything further. I'll okay. say that. Okay. I, I also think that it's valid that if the original thought process was, I don't know, call it three to four weeks was one of the reports. Okay. That was at least a week ago. Okay. At this point, I think, I mean, what, didn't it come out on the Monday or Tuesday after we did the last show to begin with? So Yeah, but we were hearing things like months. Well, no, 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 I know. What I'm saying is is that it was followed up with a, hey, they kind of got good news. Oh, it's right. It's going to be like three or four weeks. Right, and we did know that he was seeking a second opinion, so it's my, it's not crazy if things just right. shifted so my, on that. No, so my point in saying that is, is that it, it was very clearly stated that he's week to week, which right away creates, like, this is like Ryan Ellis all over again. Week yep. to week means nothing to people. Week to week has so much numbers. uncertainty. Right. Yep. I mean, the look, if the update you can provide is no, he doesn't need surgery. That's great. But like like I tweeted out the day that that update came out, it's like it's still cryptic. You didn't say it was always three to four weeks and he'll skate again or something like that. Right. You said it's, he's week to week. And what happens if week to week is, yeah, by the way, in three to four weeks, we're going to check him again. And if it's not better now, he does. Need now surgery. he right now he goes like, on LTIR. Now he gets right. surgery. And, and, now and he's out four turned, months. And it turned out that the, the initial story was completely a thousand percent correct, which is which is what happened with Sam Moran, which is what happened with Ryan Ellis. It's like it, happened with Nolan Patrick. It. it, it yeah, but Nolan Patrick's thing was a lot different because that's fair. Like this is this is a more structure, I, I, like it, I understand. No, I know. So like uh, that's what you like. That's why I said la uh, like the last show. It's almost surprising that they admitted it's it would be a shock if Ryan Ellis played this year. Right. Like okay, really? Like instead of doing that song and dance with the week to week and maybe he'll come back in this amount of time or whatever. No, it, it, they just flat out said it. I think they're telling you straight up. We're sticking him on LTIR. We don't expect to take him off LTIR. We may make a trade to fill his LTIR space. That's sure. how I hear I, that. I mean, I think that that's possible. I think that what's more likely than make a trade is 
scour the waiver wire and oh, see that's what that's fair come up with but yeah i mean but you know I, what i mean I, if if it's a unique, it's a unique yeah. situation we're gonna get into some of the roster stuff in a little bit when we preview everything it's we sure defen- are you know, defensively it's a unique situation yeah, can we just, just do we want to just dive right into that? I don't know if you, I didn't know if we, you wanted to dive right into that or kind of blend it with the well, um, preseason record kind of stuff. Well, what I kind of want to start with, well, no, I just kind of want to get into the fact that as the post uh, as the preseason was kind of drawing to a close, some roster cuts were made. Mm-hmm. And a certain player was sent to Lehigh Valley and we it's expect probably the only one that drew headlines if we're being honest like the only one that drew headlines we'll just cut right to it uh cam york Mm -hmm. was essentially cut was sent to lehigh valley right and man i it just it's the kind of thing that when alain vigno did it to joel farabee i was willing to say okay i'll give him a shot I saw the video of him saying, you know, you'll be back soon. Go kill it down there, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Unless a video of yeah, that, that emerges, I'm a little scared uh, that, you, John, you, that John that John Tortorella is going to rear his ugly head. Yes. And it All worked right. And it worked for Joel Farabee because he went down there. He, he had four points in three games and was back up and never, never saw Lehigh Valley again. It feels – so I'll give you my read on this situation because – it obviously, A, it created a lot of headlines. B, it created a lot of misinterpretation of something that was said earlier in the training camp. This is one of the, uh, this to me is one of these two schools of thought can be correct kind of thing because what a lot of people heard early in training camp was, was we're going to play the kids, we're going to play the kids, I'm well, not sure. afraid to play a kid, all that type of stuff. And in the preseason, that's the correct answer. And in the preseason, A, they did, yep. and B, it doesn't mean that that's a lie when it comes to the rest of the roster. Absolutely. Because right now on as we're as we're sitting here recording this, and this change, <laughs> well, this Fair is, enough. this is going to be the Monday news drop because the rosters are due by 5 p.m. Yep. on Monday. So this is roster day. It, it will be a roster day. We're going off of a few hypotheticals right now. But at the moment, as we sit here talking about this on Sunday morning, there are two kids defensively who are still on the roster. Yeah. Who could make it, who are not being ruled out. There are plenty of forwards who are in that young age bracket that and, get that let's put it this way. At this point, they are gonna make it. Hey, so is it a good thing to stand out and get noticed if you're just getting filled in by Ross Johnston? <laughs> well, I'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Here's where I agree with what happened with Cam York. If you're trying to the one thing that John Tortorella has done the entire training camp and since he took over the job, really, is he hasn't tried to feed you some crazy line about overachieving for result, like for results or overachieving in everybody else's mind, let's call it, right? I, I like, feel like John Tortorella knows what he's walking into. Well, right. But he's not trying to feed you a we're going to shock the world and make the playoffs. We're going to do right. Like, he didn't even said the word playoffs. He's all being he's realistic talking, about right, what's going on. All he's on. talked about is we need to establish an identity that makes the city proud of what they're watching. Now, whether that's a stretch to some people because it's a long way off from me making them feel proud of this team, fine. I don't like. I'm not here to try to convince you that you should be proud of what you're seeing by any stretch. Here's what I am saying: that whole identity seems based on we need to have accountability. Well, yep. I watched five or six, I, like, I know five, it was six preseason games, but 
Cam York probably played in four or five of them at least. Right. And if you're going off of, I agree with the assessment. He did not exactly stand out in those games. He didn't attack the game in that sense. He had a really bad preseason game against the Islanders yep. where he was noticeable in all the wrong ways. Is awful. Yep. And it, for a player of like, it kind of goes back to what Tortorella said to begin with. I'm not looking at what draft pick you were or what stature you are or whatever. Like Cam York's a guy who, okay, we obviously know first round pick, but captained a world junior team to a gold medal and it's kind of like you know a US... he, did it, he did it in easy mode and you know he was playing for canada no he was u.s <laughs> oh i'm sorry he he had i mean he had a lot of good talent you're right you're like right. that that team he was, was... horrified all stream but like my my point is is that john tortorella is also mr usa hockey kind of to an extent that's and fair it's like, I care that you were captain of a u.s world junior team that won gold and that's a big deal i don't care like I got to see it right here, right now, that you're ready for this today, and you're Cause not. Because he, he said, walking in, he said, it's a fresh late with me. Everybody. Right. Everybody. And, and so the only cons- the only issue I have with everything that was said by Tortorella at that time is when you follow it up by, by the way, Ronnie Adder's still here because he stood in and fought a guy. Like, Yeah. Well. Like, listen, and listen, I acknowledged it in the moment on Twitter, like, Ronnie Adder going against Ross Johnston is a completely unfair matchup, and he's still oh, yeah. there and he took it. Good oh, yeah. For him. And I can even under, like. And boy, he took it. Whew. Like, where, where, where they start to lose me with, with Adder is I can, un, like, I, like, I don't love that this is a quote that came out of a press conference, but I can understand why you're sitting there trying to say, listen, do you think that after fighting that guy and doing what he was, like, take, you know, stepping up in the moment? That I'm gonna cut him the next day. You're crazy. All okay. right, that's fine. To go no to go into the weekend making it seem like he has a legitimate chance of making the roster, I think is wrong. Because I don't think he's done any. He's been better than York has from a consistency standpoint, but he's not ready for this level either, and it's well, very obvious. Here's the thing. I wonder. I wonder if John Tortorella does think that this is a rebuild. Right? We saw we saw Detroit send Joe Valino back to Grand Rapids for two or three years, let him right. really marinate down there. We've seen sure. like we've seen some rebuilding teams hold some players in the minors, let them kind of overmarinate, get really, really dominant at that level before they come up. John Tortorella seems to be saying all the right things. Like you said, he hasn't really mentioned playoffs. Yeah. It seems as though he knows realistically where this team is probably going to end up. And yeah, sure, he's going to coach to the best of his ability, and he is a very good coach. But I think he knows that this team just lacks the depth to get anywhere significant the top end talent the depth the everything this team lacks okay. everything and it, well and here's the thing it sounds to me a little bit like you heard some of the things that were said on the latest snow the goalie i actually because, didn't no okay be, because <laughs> the discussion is that okay so john tortorella the entire preseason and training camp they played that first preseason game that saturday and we came on and talked about that one and kind of also talked about a lot of the stuff that he said on day one of training camp, right? Which was things things that we like that I at least could sit there and say, I'm like, 
this is kind of an interesting one. Like, here's a guy who says, I'm not going to coach behind the bench for the first four games because I need to watch. I don't want to be on the bench. I want to evaluate. Okay, fair. Also turns around and says, by the way, for the first three preseason games, I don't make the lineup. I want Chuck to do it because, again, I want to see. No, because I want to see everything. And it was brought up because right now they're doing, and you mentioned it already, like before we started recording. They they're doing this behind the scenes show, kind of the standard, standard, which whatever, fine, it, you know, call it whatever you want. Oh, to. it's we standard. Yep, yep, that's the um, word. Yep, sure. But either way, um, and. It, Full credit to the guys on Snow the Goalie who brought this up because I was listening to this and it was kind of comical to think about. Because, like, yeah, I get it. Like, there's elements of what you get to see on these shows that's scripted because it's not like they just plant cameras sure. and they let them do this. There's a, well, like, scripted in a sense where it's like they set the scene for the people, like, hey, listen, we're going to film you in this meeting today. We're going to do this. Sure. Do that. Episode two started with some flyers taking batting practice with some Phillies. Yeah, like, but that's at least that, that's one where you don't even have to explain it. You know, you're sending the PR team for hey, we're <laughs> that's fair, athlete, right? Like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's going to be fun. But no, they do set up. They do let people know they're not they sneaking episode, anything. They had one of the episodes where they they show it's and you see all the usual suspects. Chuck Fletcher's leading a meeting with Brent Flair, Danny Briere. Barry Hanrahan. Like, I was nice these- seeing Danny Briere kind of in that front office capacity. Ah. Uh. It's so good seeing him. <laughs> but either way, and the whole thing starts with here's a list of players that Torts like liked, essentially, right? Right. So who's putting the team together? Or who's looking at the roster that was handed over at training camp and going, oh, wow, this is what we did. Like, day one of training camp, Tortorella talked about establishing that you know accountability and this is about identity and it's a clean slate with me i don't like this is a guy who on day one when there's an injury update about sean couturier i don't you know who i don't i don't want to hear about it until he's ready to go no well no 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 no. i hear you but i'm saying this on the same day that there's an injury update going we don't you know where it's week to week whatever right right the whole question because the report was could be months could be whatever right and the coach goes I don't know how big of a loss it is because I don't know how important he's going to be because I don't know where he's going to play. That's like, fair. Well, and in that yeah. same thing, he also said, you know, I don't really care. To, don't don't give me weeks. Don't give me months. Just tell me when he's healthy. Well, yes, but I'm saying like he. Yeah. No, it, I know. It's crazy. It's, it's That's how blank slate he's going. But this is how John Tortorella operates. Yep. I'm not basing anything off of anything. I don't know. Like, how, I, like honestly. If it create a drinking game, if you don't need one already from watching the games, create a drinking game, watching his press conferences and count the number of times he tells somebody, I have no idea. And literally says those four words. I have no idea. You trying to raise alcohol sales in the Philadelphia local area? I'm not trying to do anything. What I'm trying to do is just sit here and tell you it's a common four word phrase that's used by John Tortorella in press conferences. I have no idea. You know, like. Whether that's a tactic, like I'm not giving you any information, I do absolutely have an idea, but I'm not giving you any information, or which I'm sure it is in part, but like, yeah, but but on day one, that wasn't a I have no idea, like I'm withholding information, like that was a of course I know how important he is, but like truthfully, I haven't seen what we have to know where he stands. I'm evaluating honestly, I have no idea where he's gonna slot, yeah, right, so. 
like to me, it looks like it just feels like two different schools of thought. Like Chuck Fletcher said a bunch of the same stuff that some of the players were who had been here last year where it's like, yeah, we're like kind of that we're ready to go out and shock the world kind of thing. And it's like, sure, I understand why you feel like you have to say that. But and like, you can't the, you can't come out. Coach, and go, yeah, we're going to suck this year. But the coach kind of turned around and buried that possibility. Right. Like the coach kind of looked at it and didn't say anything about shocking people like now. Like, you know why? Because I think he hit John Tortorella's response to something like that is nobody. Like, I understand the perception like he because that's how, like notice the difference between a general manager who knows he's on his last leg saying we're all excited to shock people yep. and a coach in year one, who's got as much job security as anybody in the organization, who's going to sit there and say, we know what the perception is and we're trying to build towards something. That's two different answers. Yep. It'll be interesting to see if John Tortorella is the one that kind of comes out on the other side of all this. Cause I, oh, yeah, I think, is. right. Cause I think you and I are both looking at this as, Quite frankly, and this is kind of transitioning towards our season preview, is I think you and I are both looking at this as a bit of a poor season. Well, and definitely, yes, but and we'll get into that a little later. Um, but I think you and I also both agree that this is probably Chuck Fletcher's last kick at the can. Because because this is where it all starts to make sense with the coaching thing. Remember the questions about like in the off season about whether John Tortorella was Chuck Fletcher's number one choice or not or whatever. Yep. This makes it more obvious that it wasn't because they're speaking different languages because John Tortorella yep. is coming in. And, and after a preseason where he had to cut a player who is a first round pick who everybody seemed to think was going to make the roster. And yes, I think he's the one who goes and says, we got to cut this guy. This is, okay. a be- this is a better move for him. I, like, I totally buy everything that he says for the most part. Like, OK, for, like, to be honest, up until those lines about the guy stand stood in. So if you think I'm going to cut him because he fought a guy, which is just Tortorella being an old school guy. What line I didn't like that was the first time I'm like, Oh boy, that's, that's a torts line. If I ever heard one and man, does that sound awful? He talked about his defenseman and the idea that mistakes are going to happen. Mistakes are mistakes. I want them to be aggressive mistakes. So like, listen, all that's fine until he turns around and he says, we're going to give up two-on-ones and things like that, but that's what we have a goalie for. <sighs> John. I felt horrible for the goaltenders at that moment because it's like, okay. Man, I I know Carter Hart is probably a top 10 goalie talent in the world, just on pure I'm, talent. Sure, and I know he's itching to prove that probably. Right. And, and a couple I, of lean years here. And quite frankly, I say top 10 a bit on the conservative side. I think sure. he could get in the top five conversation. Again, just talking talent level. I think the team in front of him <laughs> well, might be a tough year, Carter. Well, here's, here's the thing, and this is a very fair – this is this was something that Tortorella said that I agree with a thousand percent. Talent, physically, he's talented enough. He's got all the tools. We've seen it before. He goes, it's a mental thing. Tortorella is all about the mental aspects of the game, the way that you come as a professional, because if you show up to the rink every day while you're playing in a season and you're coming professionally with a mindset that's present your best self and approach the game the right way, then you don't, let's put it away. Do you lose 10 games in a row twice last season if you come to the rink thinking like, this is a slog. I don't want to do this. No. Then 
that's what he's trying to get out of him is if you don't show up, you shorten the losing streaks. You win more often because you fight for it more because you're fighting for your teammates and you're holding each other accountable. And that's the professional mindset. And that's a lot of what he said he was looking for from Cam York. Like he is yeah. the guy's physically gifted. It's not like he can't do st like stuff. We like, they have to improve on play, like uh, play away from the puck a little bit. And some of the decisions like, cause he, I love the answer. He doesn't take over a game and I want him to take over. A game. I would love it. If John Tortorella got his hands all over Cam York and did, does to Cam York, what he did to Seth Jones. Yep. Like, Oh yeah, player, right? Like this is the same situation when he got Seth Jones. Seth Jones was young and new, and it was like, go ahead and start molding. It's like you know, like do what and you got to do, and he did, and he and he kind of did the same thing with Zach Wierenski to a degree. Wierenski, I think, had a little bit more natural talent coming into the league, but Fair. still had to be molded into the number one minutes guy. And maybe that's what like that's what we all want to see with Ivan Provorov is you've got the guy who knows how to play the minutes. But mold I think him into that guy. I think if John Tortorella takes the time to mold Ivan Provorov, spend some time with him, or like in an alternate universe, if Ivan Provorov is twenty-two right now, right, I think they're your Wierenski Jones of the future, and like, well, sure, but that's like, where that's at. Yeah, the fact that Provorov's a little bit older, I don't know quite how right. much room there is to mold still. Right. Well, well, because let's put it this way: here's the simple way to look at it: Provorov and Wierenski are the same age because they were the same draft year. So you can't turn back time and go, "Oh, by no. the way, all right. of those years that Tortorella I, had with." But you Wierenski. know what I'm saying? Well, if know, if no, it was no, a 22 year old version of Ivan Provorov, no, don't you wish you could? Do you oh yeah. The way that this approach is going. Oh, Zach Wierenski is fantastic. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and they look like they have a solid group. I don't know if they're going to, like, I don't know if it's playoff solid in Columbus, but they look like they've got a solid group. Their goaltending is always just going to be a question. Well, yeah, sure. I and, just, well, and, and they're starting without Corpus Allo this year, which will, you know, I get it. But like, lather rinse for Pete. That feels like the case to, every year. Back to the Flyers part. Yeah. So <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like the, the start. Because you got to remember, Tortorella took the job before the bulk of the offseason happened right you're sitting here going okay listen maybe tortorella takes the job the thought process is like they've got something big up their sleeve the plan was to go out and get somebody you know we all know which somebody probably and i'm not trying to harp on it but like <sighs> maybe that was no maybe that was the whole concept of like hey torts this is the team you're gonna coach it's going to have a legitimate skill guy on it on top of Guys that you like for Cam Atkinson's a guy you know, and there's other guys who are going to grind it out. And when we should be getting Sean Couturier back, and blah blah blah. And then you about faced on the plan at the end, and then you didn't offer the kid a contract, right? You know, the best thing I know, the only thing you did in the offseason was you traded three draft picks for Tony D'Angelo and you signed Nick Delorier to a four year contract. Congratulations, <sighs> your team has no skill. Right, I, and, like, and actually, I like I hate to say that because D'Angelo like can move well enough to have skill, but, but like, like here's my problem in the preseason. No, and here's my problem, and I know this is something we've talked about ad nauseum all through the summer, and I know I'm bringing it up again, and I'm sorry, but we're talking about a rotten locker room. We're talking about a cancer in the locker room. We're talking about really bad. Like things got ugly last year. Sure. And what did we do? We dropped in a guy who's gotten kicked off of every team he's ever been on. Except for Carolina, but yeah. I, sure. He had one year there and walked away as a free agent. But like Well, he got traded out of it, yes. I, but okay. I, I, 
They didn't like him enough to keep him there behind that. Well, no, they didn't like him enough to pay him is what it was. Right. It was it was all good when it was a one year one million dollar contract. And exactly. Then it was like, oh, by the way, you want money? Uh, yeah, we'll ship you out. Right. And, and like and, and Don Waddell comes uh, comes away looking like a genius. I know. Yeah, absolutely. And Don Waddell, fantastic. You got several twelve great months yeah, out of a out of an asset, and you replaced him with Brent Burns. Exactly. Right. You. you <laughs> but it goes to show you something that they were willing to take on Brent Burns' money, but they weren't willing to pay this kid. Sure, I hear you. They w- th- that money probably would have come in somewhere around the Burns number, and sure, it might have been a little longer, but maybe not. And- okay, but here's the thing. so per- no, but this is a perfect place for me to jump in because yeah, with everything you're saying, does this sound like a guy Tortorella wants to have? Per se? No. So Chuck Fletcher backtracking on the fact that all of the stuff about Ryan Ellis being possibly available for the season was never going to happen, and he knew it. Had to do things to spend all of their off-season dollars and and other assets. Let's face it, because draft picks count in this too. Sure, did all of this to counter the fact that Ryan Ellis was never going to be available this this year. It's, it's the only way you can explain to me why you even think about re-signing Rasmus Ristolainen and then trading three draft picks for Tony D'Angelo. It's the There's only just no reason. Way. Man. And it's going to be what costs him his job at some point because I don't like if if this is at the end of the day, like they played probably their best preseason game in the last preseason game because it was I, the first because it was the first one that they finally scored more than a goal in pretty I, much. I can't. First one. I can't wait for the Spit and Chicklets episode where Kevin Hayes tears towards a new one. It's coming in like early December. I'm going to call it. I don't. I don't know, and I'll tell you why I don't know. Because somewhere, no, somewhere in the middle of this, the organization's already going to be licking their wounds from making a general manager change. Man, see, but I don't know because the more you talk about it, the more you talk about the fact that they knew all along Ryan Ellis wasn't going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. The more we talk about them doing nothing through the the you know just making this move for D'Angelo, just this, just that. The more you talk about it, the more it sounds like a state-sponsored rebuild. Yeah, but that's that shouldn't matter, I, right? But like what I, I'm what I'm saying is, if Chuck Fletcher has pled to the Comcast gods and said, "Please give me a shot to let me run this rebuild," and they said yes, then here we are. And you wouldn't be sitting there on day one saying we're excited to shock the world. <sighs> Sorry. No, I sorry. guess. No, I guess. If you really are going to sit and stand in front of cameras and believe that, then I'm sorry. You don't have any leg to stand on anymore. Because That's you fair. continue to sit there and preach this idea that because, – because what is this all based on? Tortorella has said at, at minimum three times this preseason about perception – we can't listen to the noise. I don't want the players going down the rabbit hole of what and any because and you know any. If you think you're keeping Kevin Hayes off social media, if you think you're keeping Tony D'Angelo, Mister Burner account himself, off social media, well, no, that but then that's what leads to roster changes eventually. Like Tortorella's point is, is that I know what people are going to say, and this is this is why I like Tortorella's honesty and his transparency towards most of these things. He doesn't know like he doesn't give you some spiel about 
you know, we're like, this is why I said he hasn't given you some like thing about the making the playoffs or we're going to shock the world. Too. He hasn't said that type of stuff. He sat there and like day one, he says, I know what the perception is. It's on us to work hard and change your perception, which he's right. Then day, you know, then a few days down the line, he sits there and he goes, I think a lot of people like media and the public are waiting to seize the opportunity to pounce on like a mistake or what goes wrong. He's not wrong. They are fair. And then sits there and goes part of the mental aspect of that with, with running this team and being the coach of this team is don't let the players go down the rabbit hole of reading about it. Like, no, which he's right. That's what his job is. His job is to make sure that they play to the best of their abilities without getting caught up in all the outside noise. That's if fair. He, that's a part that listen, outside noise, what I say, what you say, because we bring po- both perspectives. Sure. Their job is to not hear it. We can say whatever we want to. We contribute to the outside noise because that's our job. Okay, like, so like so we're gonna be about so, what my perception is. So we're gonna be sitting here in four or five months. Let's say February. Sure. We're gonna be sitting here talking about how that failed because we're gonna be. I would not be surprised if there's a full blown riot in that locker room. And and if and we're going to be sitting here in February going, everyone knows how toxic this team is. Why doesn't anyone want to trade for these big piles of garbage that we're attempting to hand them? They'll be able to trade one guy, I think. It's going to be the totally wrong move, but they'll be able to trade him. I don't know who you're talking about, and it scares me either way. (sighs) Yeah, that's fair. and, and, And here's why it's wrong, because it's right, because, yes, he's on an expiring contract and you will get something for him. That's what makes it right. What makes it wrong is you're going to give up on him at 26, 27, yep. you know, after possibly, you know, let's just wait. If you're trading him, it means he's had a good enough year, right? So it would be two years in a row where he's probably been the shining light of the defensive core, potentially. That's you fair. Have, and you feel like you have to trade him because why? Because you're not going to be able to pay him because yep. of Risto and because of D'Angelo. Yep. Because you won't be able to unload those contracts. Not not this season. Like maybe next off season or well, next year. D'Angelo is two years, so right? Can, there's there's a path that like that's that was the whole point, right? Man. When you sign guys or trade for guys or whatever, well, because they traded and then signed him. So yeah, you're stuck with Risto for at least the first two years of that deal for sure. The first two it's minimum. A five, it's a five year deal. I, I know. Uh, Probably I'm, the first I'm, three. I'm going four. That's fair. Who the hell's going to trade for that contract over $5 million I know. when it doesn't help them any? I know. Until, until you can sit there after year four and say, by the way, I'll eat the salary in the last year. Or, I'm sorry, I'll give you three years, and I'll tell you why. Because if what I saw about the salary cap turns out to happen and it's up $10 million in three years, then yes, you might have a shot. Right. Because then all of a sudden that contract's cheap. Fair. It's, it's it's not at it's not at eighty two and a half mil or eighty three and a half mil, but at ninety two and a half mil of a cap, yeah, now it becomes cheaper. That's fair. So now you can probably find a way to move it, but they're they're not moving Ristolainen. They're just not like you you've made like that's that is a con that contract Nick Delorier's contract. Those are contracts that will haunt this team for the their duration. Absolutely. Let's just be real. Their duration. Maybe in the last year, but like, let's be real. In the last year of that contract that Ristolainen signed, I I don't know exactly how old he's going to be, but he'll be in his thirties by then. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's who's gonna want that? Tell me who's going to want a player like that at that stage of their career if 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 by that point they weren't tradable to begin with because they're worth the contract at that very moment. You know what I mean? And, and by the way, if it, if you're sitting at home and it sounds like uh, we're doom and gloom here and we're predicting several dark years ahead, which, by the way, we are, uh, we're not alone. Uh, Sean Gentilly of The Athletic put out an article this week. It was the result of another survey. And I know we talked about it on the last show. I didn't get to really see this completely. I got Well, I saw something of it the nh it was the funniest thing i think i saw on twitter either yesterday or the day before the nhl hope o meter yeah i know about the hope o meter thing but there was is this the thing with the comment with the poem yes ranking one of the funniest freaking things i saw in the last week ranking fans optimisms for all 32 teams and basically they asked generically are you optimistic neutral or pessimistic for the upcoming season do they do it like like some of the other stuff where it's like scale of one to five or give a grade or something? Uh, no it's optimistic neutral pessimistic that's it oh well then this went well yeah no one no one no wonder for okay. example so just to, i'm just going to read off some numbers here just as for example so carolina fans were 98.53 percent optimistic they were in first place uh, Colorado Avalanche, 98.4. They were in third place. I'm just throwing out some numbers here. Sure. Uh, Ottawa Senators fans, very confident, 97.8. They're, they're in fourth place. I don't blame them. Okay. So at middle of the pack, 15-16, we're looking at the Washington Capitals. Their fans are 80.5% optimistic. So they're still feeling good about where they're at. 80% of their fan base feels good. Sure, because, they, well, because they're running it back with a team that's still – has the same talent level, so to speak. It's like sure. It's, it's when the drop off happens. Like whenever Ovechkin drops off, and you know the mileage on Oshie's body and Carlson's body wears him down. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. Speaking of drop off, here's what the bottom of the list looks like. Where uh, the numbers go here? Winnipeg is 29th. Uh, their fans are 38.2 percent optimistic, and I agree. It's been a rough off season in Winnipeg, and they've had all sorts of turmoil. 38.2% optimistic. Sure. San Jose Sharks, 21.2% optimistic. That makes sense. They're in a rebuild. Fair enough. Things are low in San Jose. Chicago Blackhawks fans, 11.2% optimistic. Okay, Pretty bad. I stop. Yeah, I want to stop you for one second because I'm kind of laughing at the San Jose one for a second because, like, this is this these, these things are predicated on responses, correct? Yeah, yeah. Do they list like how many? They don't list specifically, but I know like they do I, not. Like okay, here's the thing. On Twitter, I saw like a rough estimate of what like Flyers fans co- contributed. To this there, there was a li- there was a listing for the Flyers. There was not a because of how voluminous the responses were. Sure, but what I'm saying is, is that yes. I can't imagine that if you're giving me what whatever the number was, twenty one percent on the hope of meter for San Jose. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that that was rooted in, like, some heavy number of representation. That's fair. That's fair. Like, and like, I can, we like, are... I can level with it. You're, you said you went to, you know, Winnipeg is a Canadian city, so I assume there's plenty of Winnipeg fans that chime in. And, and I Chicago will... Chicago definitely has representation. And but I will acknowledge that we are talking about the 1% here of people who are reading The Athletic and filling out this oh, yeah, survey. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're talking about a, a very niche hockey fan here anyway. Mm-hmm. But San Jose Sharks, 212 
Chicago Blackhawks 11.2. Pretty big drop off there. Right. I, it's it's pretty rough. They're trading everybody under the sun there except for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. It's a very sure. weird situation. Oh, absolutely. Now, okay, now, I, before you read it, because I already know who 32nd is, obviously. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't, wouldn't be bringing it up if it wasn't. Hello. Sure, I know who 32nd is. I did not – hold on. So I did not – the only thing I saw from the article is this comment that we will get into in a second. Because yeah. This was one of the funniest things. Charlie O'Connor shared it, and I think a bunch of the other athletic hockey guys shared it because it was pretty good. It was pretty. It was pretty darn good. But by the way, if if you don't know what I'm referencing, it was a poem written by Chuck Fletcher, which was just a screen name. At yeah, that point that one's actually not on here, but like, yeah, it was hilarious. It's, it was yeah, so freaking funny. Um, all right, so but I but I don't know what number. Like you just gave me, thir- what was it, thirty eight to twenty one to eleven. And so, and so every team twenty eighth or higher was forty percent on the hope meter. Uh, Arizona was thirty eight and a half at twenty eighth. Uh, uh, yeah, the Islanders yeah, but, were okay, in twenty seventh at forty three percent. Yeah, but which okay, is fair. that's for Arizona. That's high. I know. I'll take like I would take that if I was Arizona. I know. Like, well, I I think they're starting to finally turn things around a little bit on the ice there. They well because they have a pipeline. Yeah, like they have a legit yep. pipeline of talent. Whether it's playing this year or not, it doesn't matter. Yep. Um. How high did you go with the next one? Uh, the Islanders were forty three percent at twenty seven. There we go. Okay, so, so. yeah, so out, out so twenty seven teams broke forty. Yep. Wow. So Arizona, Arizona thirty eight and a half. Winnipeg thirty eight point two. San Jose twenty one point two. Chicago eleven point two. Philadelphia Flyers. Give me a number. So it's below eleven. It's below eleven point two. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, let, let's put it this way. I already. I don't know if I saw this in a comment or not, and I know that m- that might be a little bit of a cheating method here because I didn't uh-huh. see the article. No, I'm pretty positive it's below 10. You're not wrong. Okay. I would have to, knowing the way that this fan base reacts to every, I mean, I've gotten comments every freaking day that, like, stuff doesn't matter. So I'm going to take a guess that it's definitely below five. You're I will correct. go with, I will go with, I'm glad I'm within half a percent. I will take that. 1.7% of respondents are optimistic about this team. No, they're Uh, not. They're They're optimistic about John Tortorella. Let's we're ju- we're just going to go through some of the best negative responses here. Oh, there were there were almost wait, wait. there were almost six hundred of them. I think two optimists left actual comments. Apologies to them, but there's no point. There's no point. <laughs> okay, and I haven't seen like I haven't seen this. Um, like, and I'm just reading a little blurb. I'm not going to go through all of them. No, no, no. Go I subscribe know, to the Athletic. Oh my goodness, this is going to be funny because I didn't see any of these. I didn't read like I didn't get to read the article. I'm not like currently. I'm not like my personal to... my personal favorite. I have two. Okay, I've cut I... back on some subscriptions lately because I got a lot of stuff going on right Fair now. Fair enough. So, like, Although the athletic, you can get it like thirty dollars for the year. There's no excuse. I know, but well, um, no, right? Like, there's at, certain, fair. I got a lot of stuff on the my you know, two my two month. my two favorites. Okay. I'm an expect. I'm expecting an arch reading. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Being installed in front of the Wells Fargo Center this season. <laughs> and then the other one is: I don't have all day to write a novel about all the reasons why I'm dreading this season. But a lot of them are subheadings of the broader topic. Chuck Fletcher has destroyed this franchise and is somehow still on their payroll. Okay. I would read that novel. 
Heck, I would help co-author that novel. This is, uh, wow. So yeah. go, go support The Athletic. Subscribe to that. Uh, Sean Gentile. <laughs> We're doing great work. Um, okay, so between speaking this, of. Between this and the report cards and holy crap. I mean, the, they're, they're kill, killing it over there. Yeah, they? so we, we might as well just jump into this. We've already been doing it. but um, Yeah, we have. Let's, let's get into our season preview here. So when do the wheels fall off? Do they do they make it through October or are they already off by then? I mean, here's the thing. I I think the preseason kind of gave you a preview of what's to come because of the fact that when you take away certain pieces that you thought you were going to have and you got everybody like for, there, there's two things that go against them here. And one of them is you're trying to separate men from boys in terms yep. of who handles Tortorella. And number two is you're learning Tortorella. Which means that everybody kind of can easily get behind and it's not like I understand why Tortorella is not trying to throw like Tortorella is not trying to become a walking soundbite in the preseason of his first year with a new team. I understand that. Like, because I, I can not understand it. Like, it's going to happen. No, but like I can understand how that would cause some problems. Like right away, I'm burying this team before I even got to a regular season game before. Like imagine if he buried them before he even got on the bench. Oh, he got an, he got enough controversy when he got hired talking about how much it stinks already. The problems in the locker room, all this, all that, blah, blah, blah. He, he already, he already got... But he yeah, elaborated but he, on it. But, like, I get your point. He got yeah, because, for it. Yeah, because he showed up and probably went, geez, this is worse than I thought. Yep. You know, like... But he... Like, he was trying... Like, that's why I'm saying he's trying to be nice with, like... like don't get me wrong. I love after whatever preseason game it was. I guess it was the... Washington preseason game when they played at home because that would I guess that was the first chance to see Provorov and D'Angelo together which is going to be a pairing for a, at least a little while right it's nice to just hear a guy come out and go yeah they stunk <laughs> like I, I love no, I love the brutal honesty to be honest like instead of trying to sugarcoat it but he but then he kind of covered for it a little bit like like they were nobody was good but they're tired they've been skating a lot it's been conditioning and I, I on one hand I get that I know that your camp is predicated on conditioning and skating, and this is training camp. And you're, what you're trying to do is is spend these three weeks so that when you start playing the games that matter, when it's the third period of a back to back on the road, the boys have the juice. They have more energy than the team that they're playing. That's right. what you're trying to reach. There's always the possibility, not possibility. I mean, we know there's a possibility with this team, but like what Tortorella is going to learn is there's always the possibility that these guys just don't have it. Period. Hot take: A team with Kevin Hayes as your number one center is never out hustling anybody. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> sorry, Kev. Okay, so well, let's put it this way: I'm look. I don't care who they put on the ice. There were guys that they put on the ice where you sit there and you go, "This is painful to watch." They're slow. I mean, that. Okay, how about the fourth line? And, I, and no disrespect to a guy like Tanner Lazinski, who is probably working his way onto the team. I sure. would say. But you stick him out there in the middle of Zach McEwen and, and Delorier, and I just can't watch it. It's it's God. it's so not what today's game is. Painful. That it exactly because it's so not what today's game is. Yep. They don't have a single. I don't want to say a single because of the fact that there's a, there's another banner over here that we didn't go to yet that 
Yeah, yeah. That that is a guy that involves some skill whenever he's going to play, and I'm sure Cam Atkinson can bring some skill elements to the game. I don't want to say he can't, but I know that I would be. You know, I'm sure that my confidence level would be at a, an all time low if two of the skill guys that I would be leaning on are guys who add some skill to it and some speed to the game, and you know that they can play that kind of game weren't able to suit up in the preseason at all because they were dealing with stuff. Yeah, and let's mention Joel Farabee. I know you talked about him here. Um, He has been cleared for contact. If you missed it, he had postseason neck surgery. He had the Jack Eichel disc replacement as opposed to getting it fused or anything like that. Um, They got the disc replacement. He became the third NHL player to get it done uh, after Eichel and somebody else I saw. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Um, Nobody seems to know who this second guy is. I too. saw an article that mentioned the name. It's not like a secret, but I've. But it's it was, not anybody who, like. It's some. No, like when, fringe Jack guy. Was up, when Jack Eichel, former second overall pick. Well, and he was up, the and, first and, to and get super, it done. Right, and Super is the first one to get it done. Well, turns, and. Turns heads. It especially, heads. especially with the saga, it became. Well, sure, Buffalo let wouldn't him let him, and he got. He had all these doctors, and Buffalo still well, said no, imagine, and then they traded him. Right, could you, but could you imagine if Farabee was like in the position to be the first? Like, I'm sure that anybody who was going to be the first was going to have to put up a like. It was going to be a little bit of a fight to get there. Yeah, and Eichel has talked Chris, a lot about. He did a lot of his own research for like months well, and months. And Joel Farabee said two, maybe two days ago, if not, if not two or three, whatever it is, like in talking, he's talked to Eichel. He, I'm sure know, he has. Hey, I'm like, hey, you got questions? Eichel's got answers. About Him and Eichel happened. are bonded for life now. Like, I'm sure they are. And and in well look and in, in plenty of ways like they already have connections in more ways than one obviously not just through the injury they're, they're both, both curly haired weirdos no they're both <laughs> BU guys they were both um, USA Hockey developmental project kind of like you know developmental team guys like yep. this you know that stuff's no secret like they both went through oh they basically both went went through the same career path oh right I, like I'm not putting Joel Farabee on the same skill level as a guy like Jack Eichel. No, no, but, no, I'm, I'm but Joel Farabee has kind of followed in Jack Eichel's footsteps. Well, yeah, because Far- Farabee was in basically that next class outside of right. Eichel, like at BU and in the U.S. programs. Like he was part of that group that was getting attention. Yep. Yeah. Um, but either way, it he has been cleared for contact, and it looks like he is heading towards a return. It's not quite clear if he'll play on opening night yet or not, but it, it's, it's looking hot. likely. It's possible. Right. And um, he's got look, they've got a, they're practicing Sunday morning. They'll probably have I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of the week. Like, I assume they would practice on Tuesday and Wednesday to lead into Thursday. I don't know. I mean, I highly doubt that you're going to have an off day on a Monday when you had an off day on a Saturday. Right. But but it is roster day. So and I, it's also I, I, a very weird schedule with like we talked about the big gap yeah, between the end of the preseason think, and the regular season. But I think that part of the element here is. Like because like there's going to be a lot of moving parts on Monday because of the fact that it's roster day, right? So you're trying to get answers to a lot of things. It, look, I'm not talking about that. There's not answers to everything else. I, here's what I would imagine. They like, and I'm looking as I'm looking at some of the other reporters who are putting some stuff out about the practice on Sunday morning in particular. By the way, for all your roster news, follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Yeah, you're going to be. Well, I'll get into this by the end of the show a little okay. bit. It's going to be one of the last things you're going to get from me in a breaking, like, kind of setting, like when it happens, okay. kind of thing, for a little while. Okay. Um, but, like, as I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing, I'm because I'm not, obviously I'm not at practice this morning because I'm doing this, and right. I, I have I have other things going on this afternoon, so that's why I 
I want. You're going somewhere for the birds game, aren't you? I'm with my parents. Okay. Nothing complicated. Fair, fair enough. It's, it's 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 as much a Sunday dinner as it is. Awesome. I I know how it is when yes. the birds are, when the birds are undefeated after several weeks, it becomes appointment television. I if, know. Well, and here's if it was just about that. Truthfully, if it was just about that, I and like. I probably would have been saying we can do the show at night and I'll go to the practice in the morning. Right. Because I haven't really made it over to a lot of practice. Like, I, I think I made it to one morning skate because of a lot and for a lot of reasons. It was just a weird. Right. It's been a weird couple of months. But I'm looking like I'm looking at some of the other reporters who are there who are putting out power play combinations. They're probably going to practice this week as as if Joel Farabee's going to be in the opening night lineup. OK, whether he gets the full like he's cleared for contact. Does he get he's the full clearance? Play, the, right. does, does he get the full clearance from the trainers? Like, yes, he's done enough that he can go out there and compete in a game where an opponent's trying to, you know, right. hit him and potentially do damage. Right. Right. Teammates are never trying to do damage. Let's put it this way: you want a conservative answer? They play four games between now and next Wednesday, right? Or like Wednesday's a, a fourth because they're going to play two games at home, then two in a back-to-back in right. Florida. He'll play in the game against Nashville. Oh, sure. sure. By that point, he's back. So, yeah. so I, very, assuming all goes well, of right. course. But so, at the very least, what was originally going to be a hey, this could keep him out for a couple months. This could keep him out until maybe Thanksgiving. Probably turned into worst case scenario four games. Yeah, but more, li- more likely scenario, say one or two. Also, all of them. Also, and more importantly. Uh, he shouldn't come back until he's literally 100%. And if there's any sort of anything, he should not return. Sure. Now, look, he, I agree. As much as I agree with you, you know the you know the mentality that players have. He feel he probably feels like he's ready to go. He's if I can go, him. I'm going. I know. But here's the and Tortorella is right about this because he said this: having Farabee in the lineup and being able to play him on the wing does create a little bit more of a balance. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, having having more good players makes your team better. Yeah, that I will agree with Torts on that no, one. Ki- I mean, no kidding. All right. You'd, so you'd rather play Joel Farabee than play give Nick DeLaurier more minutes. Okay, makes sense. Oh, good call. No, no, like, you, you know what I mean, though, just in general. Then, well, then somebody, sure. Like, okay, <laughs> we're back. We're back, name, we're back. Name a forward on the roster that you would – like to see get more minutes than Joel Farabee. There's not many well, of them. Joel Farabee, nobody. Right. There's there, if there's any, there's not many of them. Maybe Sean Couturier, right, well, assuming no, he's play, healthy. Let's play this game because I was having this conversation the other day, and this was before I think this was before Farabee got cleared for contact. Okay. So because of that, the assumption was they don't let. Let's just call it they don't have him right. And I even quite literally texted because. I'm trying to read through some of the conversation here a little bit because, like, right. the, the the conversation started as a in, like in, uh, enjoying what Torts is doing because of the fa- like the way he talks and right, which sure. I can understand that. Like, everybody loves the fact that he's not doing this, um, you know, whatever. I, I get the question comes in: Who do you think the top six are? And first of all, top six, I go forwards or defense first right. because like he, we don't even know defense yet because i said to me once cam york got sent down the top six d- defensemen are easy yep it's 
and I can't believe we're going to go there, but we'll go ahead. You give yours, and then I'll tell you if I have it. No, go for it. I, I was just going to count it off while you rattle the okay. names. So the top, and Tortorella said the top four is pretty well set in, so we already know. It's Provorov, D'Angelo, Sanheim, Ristolainen. That's, that's the easy ones. Now, he called the other four defensemen that I have yet to name right. all candidates. Now, as much as he said that, he also said that after saying that both Ronnie Adderd and Igor Zamula are probably probably going, going to go down. To, like, well, okay, let's start with this because this is another indictment of what Chuck Fletcher's done, and it comes straight from the coach's mouth. To sit there and say, I, I expect a lot of movement between, you know, it's a great thing to have the minor league so close because I expect a lot of movement back and forth because – we probably have 10 guys who are established and going like definitely on the team. And then the rest is kind of like, we're going to be going back and forth a little bit. So half of your roster you think is not good enough for the NHL. That's what you just said. Is he wrong? No, but it, it, again, what <laughs> nature of saying it. Well, and you that's, just, you just threw your general manager under the bus with that comment. And that's kind of out said Chuck Fletcher did nothing to make this team better. I got 10 NHL guys and the rest are going to have to prove it. They, 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 they didn't. They did nothing all summer. Oh, I, uh, from oh, in his standpoint, yeah, it's great I to know. hear. Sure. So, to an extent, what you're kind of like now. Here, I this is where I uh, disagree a little bit because I don't think you don't have, like, I don't think you have four NHL defensemen and then nothing more. Like, I think it's a really tough. No, I think it's a really tough argument at this point to not throw Justin Braun in there. That's like, fair. Like, you can't not throw him in with the career he's had. You can't now all of a sudden say, "Listen, I'm cutting him." I know it's a clean slate with him, but I don't feel like you can't say he like he hasn't put together. Like, his guy looked okay playing for the Rangers last playoff. Yeah. You know? Like, guy looks like he's got a place with a good team. Yeah, to be you honest, I forgot him. he was back. Right, I know. <laughs> but, you know you, but you know when you take Cam York out, more than likely, who number six is at this point. You know who it is. Yep. Go ahead. <sighs> You go for it. I don't uh, want to do you, it. You don't even want to say it. No. Nick Sealer. I know. <laughs> but anyway, so I but I put it out there because I'm like, that's okay. Like if you're what do you like you're asking me to read between the lines. I don't think Adder's ready. I don't think Zamula's ready. So Braun makes it by default, obviously, which we already kind of figured. But fire, if York, if, fire Nick Sealer into the sun. But if you no, but if York doesn't make it, then Sealer's the guy playing. I know. I know. It is what it is, right? Um so but I text back after that. If you're asking me about forwards, and I go, to use a common Tortorella phrase, I have no idea. See? It's going to be a trend. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I, but I go, and, and before I had a chance to answer, there was like an answer back with some names or whatever. And I turn around and I added one because like, okay, Konechny's part of this like top six group probably. Hayes is, cause you already, and you already said that as much too because you said if Hayes is your top line center, which, okay, yeah, pretty much. If he, and if he's that. not first, he's second. Well, right, but once Coots gets back, if and when, sure. But either well, way, yeah. Um, so Konechny, Hayes, Atkinson went healthy, Lawton, and then you start to not start to hit question marks, but like you go into, I guess Tippett falls in, and then I got answers of. Does Noah Cates go into that group? Does Morgan no. Frost go into that group? Does Wade out? Look, hold on. And I try. Well, no. And here's why: because this is the if if it's not one of those guys, then do you know who it is? And it, it uh, according to what I'm reading on uh, the line combination. Okay. Practice. This is what it is. 
James Van Riemsdyk. James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, that makes like. But that means your top six has a guy who is like we already look the the JVR stuff has already been publicized enough this offseason because everybody thought he was going to be out on his way out the door potentially and that didn't happen. Owen Tippett's got so much to prove and he's in that group. You know, you, you don't I wouldn't really ha- I wouldn't hate Tippett ending up in the top six. Like if your top six wingers are Faraby Thar- Tippett Atkinson Konechny. Well, and Tippett looked good with Hayes. I'm not trying to deny that. It's just, yeah, Tippett looked good with Hayes in a second, third line kind of way, not right. like oh. Well, you if your if your top line is Couturier, Konechny, probably uh, like do you like okay, listen. God, if your second line is Atkins, is gonna, right? Go ahead. You want me to read the lines that I'm getting? From yeah, go for it. In the morning because the first the without Couturier, this first line makes entire. Complete sense. Okay. Lawton, Hayes, Konechny. Yeah. Which, now granted, I think normally you'd think Farabee would be up there, but I think right now this is a cautious approach to Farabee. We don't know if he's Fair playing enough. yet. Like, I get it. But if he's playing, Scott him in, slot him in for Scott Lawton. Probably. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Maybe not, because right now what they have is Farabee, Cates, and Tippett. Noah Cates, by the way. Okay. Noah Cates playing center, by the way. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, don't hate that combo as a young group, because... Why not? Like, do a kid line thing. Absolutely. Well, l- l- listen, Noah Cates is absolutely a thousand percent making the team. Oh yeah, he's thousand it. percent. He's been one of the best players in camp since the beginning. He's making the team. If he doesn't, it's a travesty. If he doesn't, like, he's done everything to put him on the himself on the radar in all the right ways. If he doesn't make it, it's it's a crime. At this point, um, third line: Van Riemsdyk, Frost, Allison. Okay. Again, again, I want to because at this point now I'm talking about roster battles a little bit, kind of throwing. And I look, I watched all the preseason games, so I know who I saw, who I didn't. Morgan Frost is going to make the team kind of not on, uh, like I, I don't want to say it like this because in this in this sense you kind of could have said this for Cam York too a little bit, but I'm going to say it this way because it's the only words I can think of. Frost is going to make the team kind of on merit more than he is on stand out in the preseason kind of okay. thing. No, no, granted, I do want to give Frost credit because he made, like, he had a few assists. They didn't look. They scored all of eight goals in the preseason. So right. if he had a couple of assists. And it's pretty good. 25% of the goals. You got to give him credit for that somewhere. Right. Um, and he, he was playing on the top line for some of that, right? So. Well, yeah, on nights when they kind of were yeah. careful with Hayes and not playing him, and Frost was kind of like your headline center for some Right, because no, right. Kevin Hayes isn't playing 30 minutes in the preseason. No, like, and it like just they, ain't like, happening. They had, they had something working there. Like, I wouldn't be – they're so thin at center right now that if they could, Frost would center Cates and – maybe Tippett or maybe Allison. And I think you've got a, the same vibe there with a kid line type of deal. Like Farabee could be playing with a Hayes and Konechny and yeah. give you more of an established NHL line. And then Absolutely. you could, to- you could totally go kid line with frost Cates and Allison or Tippett or something like, and just try to see where that takes you. That um, could be a lot of fun. Honestly, sure. that line, that line could do some fun things. Okay. So those, that's your top nine. And I would, at this standpoint, now, by the way, I should note, because a lot of people are putting this out there. Cam Atkinson is not on the ice again for this practice. So continues to be a situation to monitor. He Can't is, wait for by that way, to turn into week on, to week. Hold on. He is the only player who is not skating today. So now they, Granted, it's the day after an off day, which is not a good sign for his health. But and again, tomorrow is roster day. <laughs> but when you no, but when you consider 
Well, I, I don't think that matters. No, you're right. Means, That's fair. That means, that means he'll just be day-to-day, and they'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what matters for that is you're trying to make a goaltending decision. You're trying to consider other guys for your roster. If everybody's practicing, that's a good thing. It means that everybody else who you have to pick from is probably healthy. But um, So assume that something is going to move from this group. So somebody who I just mentioned would be going down in the lineup. Um, I don't know who. Could be Van Riemsdyk to like fourth line. It could be... It could be Wade Allison being on a grinder type fourth line because that's more the type of game they'd want him to play anyway. I don't know. I have no clue who it would be. Um, but the rest of the fourth line at the moment, and this gets a little interesting because, okay, you know Nick Delorier is probably on the, that group. Tanner Lazinski still centering that line, which I think is a sign that he's probably the like at the moment. Le- Actually, I don't want to call it a leader because I think th- at this rate, they're going to carry 14 probably okay. if they're going forwards. So... Both Lazinski and Jackson Cates probably make it. And you can swap in between, like, for center position there. By but the way, you reading that. Really yeah, you reading that lineup off real quick, by the way, that sure sounds a whole lot like a second line, two third lines, and a fourth line. It sounds like, no, it sounds like the roster at the end of last season is what it is. Right. Close to what it is. Um, but here's an interesting one because you're probably bracing yourself for me to say the next guy on the fourth line is Zach McEwen. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's Hayden Hodgson. Hey, we love some Hayden Hodgson here. I I don't hate that. Okay. Like, I look. I don't love their fourth line. I'm not sitting here saying it makes it. It's. I'm not saying it's the you know the group of uh, right. Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and Cal Clutterbuck. No, it's not. Like, <laughs> but I sure like the sound of if you're going to try to have a more grinded out fourth line that has some potential. I sure like the sound of at least putting Lazinski with. Um, Hayden Hodgson with Hodgson and starting there. I think that's like, honestly, if you had Jackson Cates as part of that line, you'd have a little bit of more like, you know, you're taking away all the toughness, obviously. You sure. Said you were bringing in. So one of those, two, one of the other two guys has to play. Right. But I at least like the sound of that a lot better. Um, I do want to get by, by the way, Nick Sealer's playing with Justin Braun today, by the way, and the two more than likely guys getting sent down are the extras. Yeah. So just just uh, just a footnote there. But I do want to talk about the goalies for a second, because that's really been an interesting situation. And, and they've dealt with injuries there. So Carter Hart never got a preseason game because he was hurt for it. But he's practiced consistently since I think that now he's back on track to start opening night like, okay. like everybody expects. The question is, because Felix Sandstrom got hurt in a preseason game, played. I believe it was the Saturday game against Boston that was in the afternoon, so on the road. And he played in the first period where he faced two shots and then had to leave a game, which is it sucks. Less like, than ideal. Cause, and he'd had a – look, I, I want to give full marks because he he'd had a really good preseason to that yeah. point. Looked very much – like, to me, he was absolutely the leader going, you know, at that oh, point for the backup spot. And then you had to make a change and – First of all, in that game, you didn't have a choice. You had to play the other goalie who's dressed. So Troy Grosnick got the last two periods of the game, and they lost 4 nothing. Right. But then for the next couple of games, Sam Erson played. And to be fair, Troy Grosnick hasn't looked terrible. No, but he's exactly great, the type but... Well, no, like, if, if you want me to be honest, given what's happened with Carter Hart and um, Felix Sandstrom in the preseason, yep. I already would be bracing yourself for both goalies who don't make it to... 
be up at some point to play. Because Somebody call Mike McKenna. Tell him to get ready. For real. Like after, Well, that's what I'm saying. Like After those four, you might be calling Mike McKenna to say, uh, hey, by the way, what are you up to? Come on. the rec- We got the record a couple years ago. It was eight. Let's see if we can go for nine this year. In, in, by the way, in all we're seriousness. Start, we're starting with two hurt goalies. <laughs> in all seriousness, they start with like Pat Nagel and um, oh, whoever else they've got down there or whatever. Like. <sighs> Jonathan Lemieux and uh, the uh, what's the goal? A uh, Tyler Wall. Oh get, no! Get, get Tyler Wall, the best name for a goaltender ever. Nickname's got to be Brick. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, Erson came in and really had a had a strong in, showing at the end that made it. He like this is a lot more of a competition now than it, people realize. In all in all seriousness, uh, Anthony Stolarz has firmly cemented himself as John Gibson's <laughs> backup. And is like a very solid NHL backup. Anyway, funny you bring up that goaltending tandem. I have something to say about that in a couple minutes. I think by the uh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I do. I do for another reason, but I have something to say about that in a couple minutes. But okay. Well, hey, listen. Let's like, get let's get off the flyers. We can for a second, but <laughs> yeah. Because no, I'm, I'm, so, uh, I'm the goalie thing is really that might yeah. be the most that might honestly be the most dramatic roster decision left. And Arison's er- put himself in the com- conversation. I think Arison will get there while Sandstrom deals with I think that, whatever. I think, and... if, I think that Sandstrom's perfect for the backup at this point because he's played a few NHL games. I agree. He already kind of knows what to expect. Arison's a great you know, goalie in waiting for when something happens, but also it's it'd be great to send him down and say you're the number one in the AHL for Absolutely. You're playing 50 games for the Phantoms. Yep. Yeah, and completely make it that way. And Hope hope he stays healthy too, but th- th- there's there's something interesting with that group. Like those two goalies have some potential here, and I, I you know we'll see what happens. I, I, look, if nothing else, before we get off the Flyers, because this is yeah. the whole this is the whole point of the season at this point. Yeah, they scored. Look, and I said I already said this once, but I'll say it again because for emphasis, they scored eight goals in six preseason games. If you don't know what kind of games they're going to win this season, when they do. You're crazy. Yep. Tortorella has already said this multiple times. They're not winning games 5-1, 4-1. It's not happening. They are, are they trying to give up one goal a game sometimes? Absolutely. Whether right. it happens or not is on them, obviously. But they, they're trying to win the 3-2, 2-1 games. Yep. Absolutely all the, all the way through. They're trying to win 3-2, 2-1, maybe 3-1 with an empty netter kind of deal. So this isn't officially betting advice, but bet the under a lot. <laughs> At least the Flyers under. I was going to say, I don't know if that's good betting advice because they could have. That's fair. Look, I distinctly remember. Bet the Flyers under. How about that? I I distinctly remember John Tortorella Columbus teams that were real. Look, that granted, probably had a lot more talent than this one does on paper, for sure. Um, That were tough to play against because the whole style was. And and maybe this is easier to do when it was Sergei Bobrovsky at the time, but it's like, hey, listen, we got a Vesna winning goaltender who can steal a game. Well, we're, you need we're, we're trying to win two nothing. You need Sean Couturier. I'm not saying they're going to, but you need Sean Couturier to be Matt Duchesne. You need Joel Farah to be Joel Farabee to be Artemi Panarin. You need Ivan Provorov to be Zach Wierenski, and you need Carter Hart to be Sergei Bobrovsky. You can do what they did. But you're gonna need, and all those guys had career years because Duchesne and Duchesne, Bobrovsky and Panarin were all on contract years. And they, well, and they all did what they did, and then because that was obviously, the, I know it already what year you're in. That what, was the playoff year, right? That 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 really was shock the world time. And 
I've and I've mentioned before, I think I said it on the show, I know I've said it to you. Mm-hmm. I see a world, I'm not saying it's likely, I see a world where Sean Couturier comes back healthy, where Joel Farabee hits the ice healthy, where Ryan Ellis shows up sometime around Christmas, maybe. And this team puts it all together, right? You see John Tortorella, sometimes you put the right chemistry mix in, you throw the spark in, and it works. I'm not saying it's likely. I am not sitting here predicting any sort right, well, of... <laughs> well, your, your Ellis part's not, but... I, I Sure, get, but, but you know but what I'm I, saying. I get the point with Couturier and with some of these other... Like, I, I could once... see a world where this team straight up 93 Phillies their way to a, like a, a playoff run. What you what needs to happen right now, if that's if that was to happen, then it can't come like it kind of can't come off the rails to start. It's got no, stay, I agree. It's got to stay on the rails. It doesn't. It, it can be a bumpy ride. It can be, you but know, you, you can't start three and fourteen. <laughs> well, and this is the difference, right? If they play twenty games, because twenty games will get them close to Thanksgiving at this point. Yeah, Maybe and that's little, about it's, it's roughly there. Twenty five percent is about that first big gate. Roughly, for and I, I'm not trying to be specific. I'm not trying to be specific about when, right? This second, for like, for sure. But like the concept was, is that if they were to go out there and be, I don't know, eight, twelve, and or eight, ten, and two, yeah, in twenty, then at least you're seeing how the Tortorella effect is rubbing off on them. And you kind of have like this is it's almost like you're going to meet the fork in the road at that point because you've probably kept your head above water enough that you're not like bottom feeder, but you're not playoff team. Yeah, and the division's going to be so tough, though. And, it's, and you're either going to go in the direction of it's going to come off the rails at that point or you're going to go in the direction of they're going to start to have bought into what Tortorella is doing and it's all going to come together and then they start to compete for the playoff spot. Right. That's kind of what was to be expected. When you take Couturier out from the start, when you kind of look at how sloppy some of the defensive play has been already, you take out some of the guys who didn't even get a preseason game, so they're kind of learning on the fly in, in games as well. Does this team win five games in the first 20? They better. What I'm Okay, so what I'm looking at, I'm, I'm glancing ahead to the schedule here. And what's, what's the consequences if they don't, like, like when you say they better? Like, I mean, I, I, what's the consequences if their, if their GM gets fired? I just mean if they want to be a competitive playoff team, if they want to stay in the race, if they well, want to be no, considered. If they want to stay in the race, then uh, it's 7-8 it's minimum. Like, that's fair. No, no, no are, that's what I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking if it's even going to be at five because. If, well, listen, if it's five. Tank hard for Bedard. Like, we're straight well, up. We're there. I'm saying it's going to, like, I think it's naturally going to get there because of the fact that I just don't, I, I have my, I have full doubts about Couturier coming back. I That's fair. Don't, I don't know what to think about that. And let's do this way. You are one, the, the Joel Farabee news is great, but you're one setback away from that being a disaster, too. Yep. And you don't want to risk anything with that kind of player at no, this and, stage and in his career. Part of the reason I feel this way also is because they went out and we kind of like when we did the last show, they won the preseason opener and we kind of sat there and were like, hey, that was kind of enjoyable in a way. There was no expectations. Boston didn't play anybody special, but the Flyers kind of didn't either. Right. Like they played younger guys and they had a good like a good little young lineup. It's, it, it Remember, it made me say that I think that the AHL team could be decent. Yeah, because I'm like. If if depending on who gets cut, if 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 this is half of the AHL roster, they could be okay. That's fair. Like yeah, no, they could be solid. That's the like, thing like, about I, having twenty fringe guys: is ten of them are going to play in the NHL sure. and underperform, I, and ten of them are going to play in the AHL and overperform. But I looked at the overall record and I go, okay, so they won that preseason game and that was nice, two to one, and then they went out and it was, 
okay, like in fairness, this is exactly what John Tortorella teams are to an extent. Not the record, but like there's a common thread to every single game I'm going to mention except for one. They lost to Buffalo 2 to 1. They lost to Washington 3 to 1. They lost to Boston on the road 4 nothing. Then they lost to the Islanders on the road 2 to 1 and they lost to the Islanders at home 4 to 3 in overtime. What's the common thread? No goals. No. The common thread is except for one game Every single game was basically a one-goal game into the final five minutes of the third period. That's fair. Which means you're playing competitive games. Are you playing games that you win? Not necessarily, but you're com- they're competitive. They're close. You're involved. They're, you know what I mean? So that's how you get a, a preseason where they, they could have won. They could have, like, that's, and that's where Friedman's comment, kind of to tie it all back together, makes sense. There are a couple of bounces away, potentially, depending on what it's like. Listen, I thought the game they played against Washington was boring. Right. It was straight up boring. They had an awful second period. It was flat out bad. But they played some other games where it's like, listen, they were, until the last 10 minutes of the third period against Boston on the road, it was a one nothing game. Like, Man. I'm just saying. I hope we're not playing the they were one bounce away game on a 1-4-1 no, 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 no. preseason. No, because, because I can't, no, because I can't. Well, <sighs> Because they are on the scoreboard, but they weren't like right. That Washington game wasn't that close. We know that, but they didn't play good hockey in this preseason. No, but once I'm saying, once you get to a point where maybe some of the Tortorella stuff is getting received better, and it's not just preseason anymore, maybe you're playing a game where you do start to have that offensive push, and then you are one bounce away, legitimately. Like, hey, you're actually that's fair generating something, like. Right now, it didn't look that way. I get right. that. Right. But you're kind of getting there now. Like, maybe, like, where it's November, December, you're getting there. Maybe that changes. But what I saw based on the record was they won the first preseason game. It was kind of nice to say that. And then they lost five in a row. They didn't win another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and at the end of the day, that's what people are going to notice. Like, if nothing else, you're going to have people that get frustrated with the last preseason game because it was, oh, man, wait, it went to overtime, though. Like, oh. Right. I got a point out of that. Like, all right, let's get off the flyers because I think we both agree that it's going to be a pretty poor season. Let's sure. let's uh, let's get some playoff predictions. Um, oh boy. Give me give me your four playoff teams from each division. Which which division you want to start in? I'll give you my teams first, but give me you pick the division. You're asking me to do, what we're picking different winners? Uh, no, we're picking the playoff teams. Oh, okay. So, you, so you're saying the, the the three, four, or five? Yeah, you pick a division. Name how many playoff teams you think you're going to. If we really want to get off the Flyers, do we want to just start with the Metro and work our way down? Yeah, let's. Yeah. So, um, I think so Carolina. Maybe, I think Carolina's maybe. making it. I think the uh, Rangers are making it. Okay. I think Pittsburgh's making it. Okay. I think Washington's making it. Okay. I think that's it. Okay. Um, I agree on Carolina. I agree on the Rangers. I agree on Pittsburgh and Washington is a lot closer to me. I do have them. I would have them in, but I do. That's a lot closer that if, if one's going to screw this thing up, it's going to be them. I agree. Um, you putting them in or not? No, I'll put them in. Okay. You putting any other teams in? I'm trying. Well, because I, I can't, I can't go three in the Atlantic. Like I just can't. Just hold on. I obviously the Flyers I'm not putting in. I think it's Whoa. still too early. No, I think it's still too early for the Devils. Okay. I think they'll be better, but I think it's still too early. 
if anybody's going to challenge for either the either a fifth spot slash to knock Washington out, fair. I'm curious to see what kind of team the Islanders have because last Post Barry year was, Trout's era. No, but well, yes, but last year it was like I don't under, still don't understand the coaching decision because last I have year was no the, idea. Last year made no sense. Nope. Everything. The that first fifteen games on the road, they didn't play a home game till November. Like, right. no, none stop. of it made sense. I'm not going there. And then Columbus, kind of same deal. I think if if you ask if you're asking me to pick one over the other, I think the Islanders probably have the better finish than Columbus does. Okay. But, it re- but it's going to be close. I think okay. it's going to be tight down the stretch. But but neither of them make the playoffs. No. Okay, so four. Out, we both have four out of the metro. You I'll also. Say, have... I'll say four because I have to stay consistent with what I believe on the other side. And okay. Okay, so let's get into the Atlantic. Sure. Um, Tampa's a show in. Yes. Toronto's a show in. Yes. Uh, I think that's the end of the show ins. Honestly. Yeah. I think there's a chance Florida takes a dump. I think there's a chance Boston is old. Quite frankly, Detroit, I'm putting Detroit in there. Okay. I think they're making a run. I think Alex Nadelkovic is ready to be a starter Okay. for a decent team. I think I trust Stevie Y. I think they're coming out guns blazing. And then my other team is I'm going to say the Ottawa Senators make it too. Okay. I have Boston and Florida missing. We have a disagreement on this one. Good. I'm good. Okay. Um, we don't we don't disagree on one team because this is why I said I, I'm not going to pull. If I, I'm, I'm going four from the Metro, I've got to stay consistent with what four, I believe. Four from the Atlantic, so, right. I've got, to, I've got to stay consistent with what I've, what I've believed for months now. The Ottawa okay. Senators will make the playoffs this year. Love that. Okay. I fully believe that. I am going to. By the way. I wouldn't be surprised if you see like 40 goals out of Tim Stutzla. He's going to be a monstrosity this season. It's funny that you're talking about this because this is going to go into my reasoning for why I make, I'm making the decision I am. And guess who drafted him in fantasy, baby? Oh, really? Very nice. Um, I do not have an Ottawa Senator in fantasy this year. I would have liked one, but I don't. Um <laughs> No, I kind of like if nothing else, I went back to the well with a couple of guys. So Victor Hedman and Braden Point helped me out there, guys in Tampa. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> hey, look, if it isn't broke, you know, you're right. Um, I'm going like I'm putting Florida in because I just don't see that huge of a drop off. There's going to be a drop off. I don't see that huge of one. That is valid. Um, to be fair, I know it's a bit of a hot take to have them out. Sure. Um. Boston is is gonna, I not struggle, but I think it's gonna be a bit of a long start to the year with the guys that they're missing. So I'm a little concerned about that. Here's it's it's tough to leave Detroit out. It's really tough. I I hear you. Here's here. This is my reasoning for why I'm not sure about Detroit, and I'm so sure about Ottawa. Okay. Everything I like about Ottawa, as much as and as much as I can throw an acquisition into it. A lot of what I like about Ottawa is guys they've already had. They are just going to continue to develop. Like it's still Stutzla and Norris and Shabbat and Kachuk and like I still I still start with that and then I go. Oh, by the way, their off season was Claude Giroux and Alex DeBrincat. You added a 
star who used to be a super superstar in Claude Giroux and a current superstar in Alex Debrinket. Like Right. And Debrinket's really like obviously Debrinket's the headliner there. But right. I really I really stick to the guys they already had before that. Even I stick to the you know, I stick to Stutzla and, and Norris and I'm gonna be so Kipiak. mad if Claude Giroux wins the Stanley Cup in Ottawa. But I'll be happy for him, but I'm gonna be sure. so mad. But that's the reason why I like Ottawa so much because when I look at Detroit, I sit there and I go, look I, I think on paper, I really like their offseason, but I go, with this team, it's still, there's not near as many names I pull that are developed in-house names. Like, I love Mo Sider. I, we've said this before. And I love Lucas Raymond. Yep. But I just don't know, and there's other guys who are obviously in-house developed, all that, but what Andrew Kopp do they get? What David Perron do they get? Like, I just don't know because it's a lot of veteran play. Like, it's not like they grabbed – it's not like they their offseason acquisition was grabbing an Alex Dabrinkit. No, that's their fair. Ac- their acquisitions were good, but I just – I'm like, I'm not convinced of what it is yet. They could come in and tear it up, and I fully would not be surprised by that. But I just have no clue yet, and I sit there and I go, if you're asking me to pick between Florida, Boston, and Detroit – I don't know how it's going to go in Boston. I don't know how it's really going to go in Detroit. I think both teams, like, I think Boston's on the downslope. I think Detroit's on the rise. I think I got to stick with the team that I know is still kind of in the middle who didn't necessarily lose. Like, they lost stuff, but they gained stuff. I think that they're in the middle. David Krejci coming back is going to be massive for that Boston team. It is, but I think defensively they're going to be in trouble at the beginning. Like, That's fair. But, like. Man, that whenever they uh, can get whenever they can get McAvoy back is going to be huge. If Detroit, and, and however early it is, could influence whether they make it or not. If Detroit gets out to a hot start and does something crazy, like wins eight out of their first ten, I could see that race being very, very interesting coming down the stretch. Sure. Very interesting. Um, man, there's a game between Detroit and Boston on. Uh, October 27th, like second week of the season. That's going to be a good game. It's Saturday. No, it's not. It's, it's like a Thursday. It's going to be a great no, but game. I'm, I'm still down at the arena that night, so I'm not going to be able to see any of it. DVR it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to. You know how this works. ESPN Plus. I know. More hockey, right? That, Did you get like, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't, but like watching baseball the last couple of days, which the whole wild card series was on ESPN. So there was last night alone, there was at least five you can catch the NHL on ESPN plus kind of commercials. Cause Mark Messier is doing the ad spot. We love so that. Really, really mission that one. Yeah. I was actually watching it at work on regular TV. So it was a little, we were watching on ABC. So, Oh yeah. 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 Friday's game. Friday's game. Yep. Yeah. Saturday um, was on ESPN too, which I hear you. Um, all right. right. So back to the, uh, now we're going to the West. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to go Pacific first? Sure. We can do sure. Pacific first. Let me go right. find Pacific here. Yeah. Um, this so one's interesting to me. Park. Yeah, this is I, um uh, okay. So here's the funny because I'm like I'm gonna get asked. I have two locks. Well, let's put this way. At some point, I'm gonna get asked and pushed further. I don't, it might be in five minutes for all I know, but I'm gonna get pushed further. I'm re- like I have a really hard time with the West. I agree. Um, so I who, think part who, of the reason I I uh, you you have okay. two locks in the Pacific. Two locks, and then I think there's. Right, I think I'm it's pretty wide open for everybody. Yeah, no, else. I, I I see where you're going already, so I can level with that. 
Yeah. The battle the Battle of Alberta is my locks. Calgary and Edmonton are gonna make the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh I think LA makes the playoffs. I think that's fair. I think Vegas makes the playoffs. Okay. I think Anaheim makes the playoffs. Ooh. All right. I'm going five out of the Pacific. Okay. So let me do let, let, let's wipe out the two locks right away. Yep. So Calgary and Edmonton, yes, are making the playoffs. I'm also going to try to do process of, of elimination another way. So let's wipe out San Jose right away because I don't think they're making it. Um, no. I, I No, and I think that last playoff spot comes down to Anaheim and Vancouver, by Vancouver's the way. Vancouver's a really yeah. tough one for me because uh, – so Vancouver for me because it felt like um, – it felt like Vancouver was playing really hard following the coaching change and trying to like make this improbable rally to get into the playoffs last year and it came up just short. I think that I don't know if they have not the same level of talent. It's just like Calgary, I think it, Calgary's changed a lot and still is good. Right. And Edmonton's going to still obviously do what they do because of the two guys they have up front, obviously. Right. I can't, you know, I can't see LA making the playoffs and making noise like they did. Really? Just to no, 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 no. Oh, no. oh okay, last, okay. Last okay. year, just to not do it this year. Okay, I was gonna say that team had a lot no, of. No, no, I can't, no, I, I can't see them dropping off like after last year. I can't see them making it, making noise, and then being out of the playoffs. I, th- I, I think they're more likely to win the division than miss the playoffs, and I don't think they're gonna win the division. But no, I, I don't think, think they're so They're more likely to go that way, in my opinion. I got, I got to imagine we we can agree on the Pacific winner, right? Um, I don't know. Honestly, it's pretty open. I think it's probably Calgary. That's what I'm thinking. I, I would pick Calgary. Today. Would you really be surprised if Edmonton won it, though? No, it's the only other team I right. can say challenging for it, though, which makes a difference. Like That's fair. I, I think Calgary and, and Calgary. I saw a play the other day on a highlight reel. Did you see what Jonathan Huberto did? I did not. I'll have to go look at it. Go look up what Jonathan Huberto did. Okay. I think it was a three on one or something like that. And they they just went they went all star game on this stuff. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. And and not to mention, little update from their off season because remember how I said, oh, you know, the trade looks good, but they got to resign. You know, they and, and signed they, Mackenzie Weger. And yeah, Huberto was already done. They got Weger done too. Ding so ding like, ding. Geez, That's a W. What, what an off season that Brad they had. Brad for living. Yeah, killed it. Absolutely um, killed it making lemonade out of lemons. All right, so you got Calgary in, you got Edmonton in, you got LA in. You doing anything else in the Pacific? Yes, I'm okay. just trying to figure out who. Okay. Uh, because I'm having trouble with this because uh, you know what? I'll I'm going to go I'll, uh, you want something spicy? I'll give you spicy here. Okay. I'm keeping Vegas out of the playoffs. Love that. I don't think they make it because I just don't like the goaltending. I think the goaltending is going to hurt. I, I think they're going to have trouble finding their footing with that for a little while. That is fair. And um, um, yeah. All right. I'll pick. What I'll do is I'm picking a fourth playoff team and I'm going to leave it at four. Okay. You're yeah, not going I'll, Seattle, are you? No, I'm going oh. Anaheim. Okay. But I'm possibly going Seattle first team out of the playoffs in that division. I don't I don't hate that. Like, I, I think Seattle's the Pacific. Gonna be Seattle's going to be better than people think. The Pacific is not the best division, no, but they're not. all but they're all on an 
equal they're all in kind of a similar spot so it's a competitive division i think seattle is going to be a much more competitive team than people think i really do and and i think a lot of it has to do with some like i mean first of all i think it kind of stems from exactly what people would expect it to which is maddie Beneers and shane wright like you've got a young forward core that's going to be there for 10 years the problem is though you have dave haxtell deploying them Anyway, um, yeah, but, yeah, but there was, you know what? There was our, like, if they, if they struggle enough where they don't make the playoffs, but there's that kind of team that's like close, but not there. There was already questions about him last off season. Oh no. I think that if they realize how much talent they have and that they're losing games because guys aren't being pushed to the full potential here, like they couldn't not, well, not couldn't, but they didn't have like they didn't let Matty Beneers play from day one. They right. brought him up after the college season. They let him go sure. through another year of that and then brought him up, right? I think now, Shane Wright's probably coming straight in. <laughs> yeah, but so in other words, now that the training wheels are off, it's like like I, I think that's I think fair. It was, I think it was almost impossible to see them not bringing Hackstall back when that's your choice for the coach from day one of the franchise right like i think it's very hard to go with hey we picked this guy for year one and now we're changing it up that quick you gotta give him two right it, like, it but, sets but a bad precedent push now that they've got youth they push and then they don't make it especially if he makes some questionable decisions like i remember right. that challenge against nashville in his second or third game here and oh. listen i like i think like here's the thing I think all that goes out the window if some like a certain like certain players get hurt and that's why they're not good. Uh, sure, and the, like like he's if he gets get a, yeah if he gets the excuses then that changes everything. Right, he's gonna get a pass. But, okay, right, so, so you have pass. you have four out of the Pacific, so you're gonna get four out of the Central as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's let's both do the easy one right away. Colorado's making the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and quite frankly, that's the end of the lock list now. I, I think there's a few more certainties of that group. I think Minnesota is pretty close. I I, I have Minnesota in. Okay. I don't know Fair about you. I we'll think I now that the whole Caprizov thing is figured out. I think that matters. Yeah. Right. I think the fact that he is here and playing, they're in the playoffs. I'm not. I Mark sure. Andre Fleury, Kirill Kaprizov. We're done here. Matt okay. Dumba. Good night. Um. My last spot is tough, though, so I don't think Winnipeg. Wait, a minute. Who, wait, you you only gave two so far, right? Or did you yeah. get five? Yeah, I, yeah, I gave five in the cent- oh, in the Pacific. Right. You, gave, you said um. Yes, sir. I, Nashville oh, or Anaheim, Anaheim, Calgary, Edmonton, L.A., and Vegas. Oh right, right, right. Okay, you had Vegas in. I had Vegas in, so I I only have one more We're spot here: Colorado, Minnesota, and. So I'm going to go process of elimination here. Arizona's not making it. Chicago's not making it. Winnipeg's probably not making it. Okay. Good. Let's get that out of the way. And I, and I say probably because I could see a world where they make it. Connor Hellebuck is a top five goalie in the world. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I'm between St. Louis, Nashville, and Dallas for that last spot. And I feel like that's what the Central Division has just been over the last five oh, yeah. years. This is like, yeah. This is the battle. Sure. Uh, this year, with yeah. Jake Ottinger, I think Dallas takes it. Okay. They got Jake Ottinger signed. They got Jason Robertson signed. They're starting to get ready to move on from the old guys. They're starting to ha- pass the torch over to your Jason Robertson, your Rope Hintzes, your... Yeah. I could see Dallas being that third team. Okay. 
And that's, that's who you're going with? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to disagree with you heavily in this one. Hell yeah. Okay, so Colorado is the lock. Of Obviously, the yeah. Okay. Uh, I agree with you that it's easy process of elimination to knock Arizona, Chicago, probably Winnipeg. I, like Winnipeg, I'm like 95% sure they're not making it. But, right. Again, neither one but, of us would be surprised. I'm they're talented enough. So, right. so I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm looking at three playoff spots, and I have four teams left. And I'm already so you, you do have two spots, though. I only had one. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but uh, well, I hear you. So I'm gonna, so I'm gonna kind of go completely out of left field on you. Well, because let's okay, let's, yeah. Well, let's start with this. I'm right there with you on Dallas. I think Dallas has a lot of potential here. Um, I, I like. A, there's a lot to like about their team. I don't think they are. I don't think they're a lock. Okay. By any, I don't think that. Like, I think that they could even be that first team out. Okay. And when I say first team out now, like I'm not talking Seattle first team out, like first team out in the Pacific. I'm, I mean first team that doesn't make the wild card uh, right but i do think their goaltending shout out if we're gonna if we're playing fantasy shout outs here shout out jake ottinger okay fair um, enough that's a good one um uh i would really like it if they made the playoffs in that sense because it would be mean that ottinger continued what he started and he was fun to watch last playoff i think we need that in the playoffs again um i you have minnesota in there as your other choice I'm very surprised. I I can't leave St. Louis out. Oh, I can. I can't. I man, I'm still not a Jordan Biddington believer. That's fine. I believe in a lot of the other pieces on the team, though. That's fair. I like I, again. I won't be surprised. And St. Louis is one of those franchises that just always makes the playoffs somehow. Sure. So again, I won't be surprised if they're in. If that central division is pretty wide open, and like I said, we kind of have three or four teams going sure, for two is, spots or whatever. Right, like Colorado is going to absolutely wipe the floor with this division, and then everybody else is like. I also think, by the way, there's a pretty good chance somebody sneaks into the playoffs out west with like 92 points, 90 yeah, I mean, something like, like that, because Colorado, Calgary, and Edmonton are going to okay, suck up is, so and, and, many points. And this, but see, this is where I'm at with, like, and I'll, I'm going to like I'll kind of explain where I'm at with this: Anaheim, Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota are all in that range for me. I agree. Like I'm, I'm not as high on Minnesota as you are. That's fair. That. I have them there just because of Mark Andre Fleury, Matt Dumba. Kirill Kaprizov, Zuccarello, basically. Um, but I don't know if that's that much better than what Dallas has going on with Ottinger and like and even yeah. Nashville with Saros and, you know, the guys they have over there, Philip Forsberg. Like they're all talented team. You know, it's the NHL. Everyone's got talent. So, so that's that's why I'm that's why I said I really don't agree with yeah. a lot of what you have because I always, I will have Nashville in the playoffs as well. Okay. Which means I'm putting Dallas and Minnesota right up against each other down to the wire for that last playoff spot. I like it. And you know what? I'm just not, I'm just not super high on Minnesota. I, I'm just not. And as such, I think that they are in, in trouble here. Because, because okay, I'll, I'll give you two reasons why I'm not high on Minnesota. Number one is actually Marc-Andre Fleury. Not in his ability, but if he his gets age. hurt, they're done. Yeah. If he gets hurt, they're done. And you know Philip Gustafson. I don't know if he's ready to be an NHL starter, but he is a solid goaltender. I'm not saying he's not solid. I don't love. I don't love their defense 
like I just don't love their defensemen. Like I, like the I understand what you're saying. Like Matt Dumba is a good defenseman. I'm not saying he's not Spur- Spurgeon Brodeen. My issue with that whole defensive core is there's a lot of mileage on that team. Okay, what about a guy like John Merrill? You know, he's only thirty. Still feels like there's a lot of mileage on him just because he's like. Kalen Addison bringing some youth. There's there's the youth. Yeah. I'll give there you go. But it but it took you four names before you got to that. There's that a is, lot of miles on their big guys. Like, that is fair. Just, Matt, the number one guy. It's Matt Dumba's only twenty eight. Doesn't matter. Look at what style he plays. He, I understand. Like, Brodeen's Brodeen's only twenty nine. Yeah, but you're starting to push it with like yeah yeah you know who we were saying that about last year we were saying about Ryan Ellis last year. That's fair. Well, I mean, sure, but sure. So, like to me, Dumba plays a Ryan Ellis kind of game. Like it, it is predicated on blocking shots. And man, I feel even better about my Minnesota pick. I didn't know they picked up Sam Steele. Yeah, that was a little bit of a fun one. Yeah, that's cute. I like that a lot. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Not being referred to as cute before, but all the right. move, the move. Yeah, the move. we're here apparently. Hey, listen. Um, so Sonny Milano was released from his PTO with Calgary. If he signs in Minnesota, come on. Sure. Okay. Here's here's really what it is. Kaprizov carried the team last year. Him and Zuccarello if, were ridiculous together. If, if him and Jordan Greenway and Joel Eriksson-Eck and Matt Boldy all kind of start to put it together, I understand where you're coming from with this. You know what I don't expect this year? I okay. don't expect anything remotely close to what Ryan Hartman gave him last year. What if he does though? What if he just proves he is I, that I, guy? I'll, I'll I'll eat the words, but I just don't expect him to be that player this year. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I don't really care. Uh, Ryan Hartman, obviously, we know him here as the guy who was traded for Wayne, the guy who we got for Wayne Simmons. <laughs> Have I told? I've told you the story about his first game in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, because it was the Buffalo game, he something like that. His first shift, my significant other and I were talking about it before the game and she goes he better fight somebody his first shift and he comes out his first shift he jumped over the boards he runs somebody over and gets in a fight immediately and I just looked at her and I said okay and she goes all right yeah there you go and here we are and here's Ryan Hartman and he was fine as a player you know he was whatever I I wasn't that upset when they released no it wasn't that big waved them whatever it whatever the situation no, was. no because they um, um you, no they didn't wave him you, you know what they did he was traded for pitlick oh right because he was like on a vacation wasn't he yeah but everybody looked at that and the, the next season that like even like even the season after because he wasn't part of the team anymore people were like man tyler pitlick was a good player i like tyler pitlick a lot too I know. anyway anyway all right let's wrap this up here we got our playoff teams we're heading towards the playoffs We'll be back in two weeks, and you're we'll... not asking me to go any further than this, are you? Uh, no, no. Um, I'm gonna have to do like I'll tease this in a second as we wrap up, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go this direction eventually. Yes, I don't really have a good answer right now. Okay, if I'm being honest. I'm still trying to figure out who is like don't like I I don't even know if you could ask me to pick teams that are gonna make it out of the conference finals. I'm no, like, we're not getting there yet. There's too much season. You know oh, what? But, Maybe we'll talk about that on the next show well, because here's, here's the problem by mo- like by we're doing this Sunday morning. By Monday night, I'm gonna have to, and you'll find out why. Oh, okay. 
uh, because I'll be guesting on the OMB podcast, and I know we're going to talk about some Stanley Cup stuff as well because it's a okay. preview. Show. And I'm going to well, have to give an answer. And I know one. I think I know one side of the answer, but I don't know the other yet. Well, then here's what we can do. You can listen to Kevin on the OMB podcast, and then you can come back to us. We're not going to be here next week. We're not going to be here on October 23rd. We might not be here on October 30th, but we'll be here right around October 30th. We may drop a Halloween episode here. And on that episode, we'll talk about your Stanley Cup predictions, but we'll talk about them with two or three weeks of regular season under the yeah, belt. Yeah, we just ended up, like, the schedules just had a lot of stuff piled up for the next yeah, couple no, weeks. I, like, yeah, no, I... Like, it, well, and it, worked, it worked out in the, in the way that it typically does, where it's the first week is all, like, I'm the one who's away, I'm the one who's not able to do anything, and that's fine. Like, that is what it is. Second week, I'm I'm flying. Yep, you're busy. Yeah, but it's it's not that just that you're flying in. It's that you're busy like every day of the week. Yeah, and I'm although I am kind of hoping I'm throwing it out there. I am hoping two weeks from today, October 23rd, I'm hoping I'll be in attendance for the Philadelphia Flyers versus the San Jose Sharks. So it's just funny you say that because okay, so I do want to say if y'all want to get ticket prices down, please, that would be great. I do want to say something because like. It's one thing to sit there and say, hey, I got something going on. That's the reason we can't do next week's game. No, no, no. I'm away for like a week. Yeah. So full disclosure, I'm not going for it. It's been a while since I can have been able to say this. I, I don't I think for the last at least six, seven years, I will not be at the home opener. Man, that's yeah, weird. I will not be at the home opener. I will not be at the second game of the season either. I'll be back. I'll be back home to finally watch. Well, I'll be back home to watch the third game of the season, which is on the road anyway. And then. So interestingly enough, that game might be my first home game of well, the well, actually might, might, might be will be my first home game because I didn't go to the uh, I didn't go to the last preseason home game either. I had something else going on then too. Right. Um. Funny, yeah. Funny enough, so my first Flyers regular season home game will probably be that will be that Sunday, October twenty third. Awesome. So we won't have a show that day, but we will be in the same building. No, we, we'll, we'll, <laughs> no, we won't because we're going to both be kind of. Well, well, but, well, I'm saying we won't have a show that week, but we'll both be in the Wells Fargo Center that yep. night. So, but it will, the funny part is, is it, it confirmed it will not be my first regular season NHL game in the building. Oh, very nice. Uh, I may have I may have a pit stop in a particular different state in a couple days. We're going to Disneyland. Um, and there's something else close to Disneyland. And I know. Somebody is going to be, I, I believe anyway, somebody's going to be playing in their first NHL game that night. Ooh, that is very interesting. And we will hear that story in a couple of weeks. Yeah, like, I, like I, I hear some stories about like, that. Like I mentioned, we're going to have a couple weeks off here. There's going to be a lot going on. So listen, make sure you come back for that October 31st show or whenever it drops, maybe early hours of November 1st. Whenever it goes up, make sure you listen to it. There's going to be a lot, a lot on that show. And that's pretty, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much yeah. it. We're getting ready for the season, you know. Listen, I know what kind of year we kind of built it up to be, and that is what it is, but. And we do apologize for the. <laughs> you know what? The, like, the thing is, it's still the start of a new season. I, by the way, since I'm going to be away for, like, the whole course of the first week, too, I do, I'm, like, writing down stuff that I try to have, like, I'm going to try to have in the pipeline. So okay. when the roster comes out, I'll break, I'll do a breakdown, like, the day after in addition to putting like the actual story out because the roster comes out at five and recording OMB at six. I'll write the thing like maybe later on and then, yeah, like try to set the stage for this whole thing, whatever it may be, you know, it, uh, what was, what was, what was the hashtag you want to use? It was tank hard, for tank Bedard, hard for right? Bedard. Absolutely. It could be tank hard for Bedard or it could be, you know, 
stuck in the middle with you. It's not going to be fly or die. Um, <laughs> anyway, we will be back in a couple weeks. In the meantime, you can see all those hashtags on Twitter at Kevin underscore Durso. Make sure to follow the podcast too at YWT Podcast. You can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, SportsTalkPhilly.com. We're all over the place. Um, you know what? I think we're out of here, man. This is the longest show we've done in a couple of shows yeah, here. So, uh, we it. We were talking about the whole, like we did the whole NHL as part of it too, which we like absolutely. To do. And know, uh, it's, it's, it, but ready, you know, ready or not, here they come. I guess. Quite frankly, the worse this team is this season, the more regular NHL talk we'll be getting. So, oh, absolutely, we're gonna have some fun. Well, we we already promised some of it for the next show anyway. So, yep, we, we will be off for a couple of weeks. Here, we'll be back at the end of the month, right around Halloween. But until then, we'll see you.